Good morning. Just to uh, add to the detail of your question a little bit from last night, which we really didn't barely touched on, um, I wanted to say that um, that uh, there is some consistency in what Krishnadas um, uh, has written there with regard to his predecessor. Um, uh, mm, Gorgon and Deshtipika, um, Kavi Karnapur, in as well as with what Mahaprabhu himself said about Ramananda, which is that Ramananda is the Arjun of Gorlila. Kavi Karnapur has, of course, repeated that, and he's also identified him with. Um, Arjun, Arjuniya, who is in the Puranas, there's a story where Arjun get, gets turned into a into a gopi by Krishna temporarily. Arjun of Pandava, Arjun of the Bhagavad Gita, to give him experience. So her name is Arjuniya. So he identifies him, Ramananda as Arjuniya as well, which fits, and he also identifies him with Arjun the Priyasaka, Priyanarmasaka. Of, of Vrindavan. So all of those three identifications then, then fit with the way in which Krishnadas has spoken about him, comparing him. It's really a comparison. As Subal would minister to Krishna in his feelings of separation from Radha, hmm, as Ramananda did, which is the same way that Arjun, the Priyanarmasaka, w- would do. It's kind of the spirit of it uh, more than to say that Ramananda is the incarnation of Subal, who is more readily thought to be Goridas Pandit. So, that help? Yeah. Yeah. And your question, of course, could, we could answer quite a bit more in depth, but um, I'm going to hold off on that for, for, for the moment. You could give the Buddha's reply, you know, the famous shot by the arrow. Buddha gives the example, a guy, fellow got shot by the arrow, so he can try to figure out who shot him, or he can just take the arrow out. And he might die in the process of trying to figure out who shot him. So trying to figure out some things like origins that have no origin, or be, don't fit between the ears too well, and you probably shouldn't be too preoccupied with that, but be preoccupied with the fact, as Buddha would say, for example, that we are suffering. How, why we're suffering? Well, we know we're suffering every day. We know why, because we, because of the things we do. So I just kind of leave it at that and stop doing those things, and then you'll end suffering. And of course, if you do it in the context of bhakti, then you'll you'll know more about it than can be explained with words. Hmm. Something like that. Um, but that said, we have another topic today. We're Continuing from Saturday morning, where we actually uh, we've talked about Leela as a con- concept, a theological concept, hmm? and um, we are also entering into the drama. This this is the drama of Chaitanya's Leela, who is again the combined form of Radha and Krishna. Krishna seeking to understand himself 
through the eyes, through the feelings of Radha. It's a very esoteric, um, complex theological uh, notion. But uh, uh, this occurred about 500 years ago, and much has been written about it. So much, so much has been written um, at the time. So many different biographies of Chaitanya and um, and uh, philosophical and theological uh, treaties um, uh, for uh, centuries and centuries uh, in our tradition um, after his um, departure, passing from the world. But um, on Saturday we entered into that part of that leela, the narrative of his life, and we were bringing out different points. And the area we entered into is just after he takes initiation from his guru and starts to manifest himself as a great um, devotee. We talked about prior to that how he conducted himself as a as a as a young lad full of knowledge, uh, the likes of which that uh, was quite incredible, and uh, he showed this kind of a nominal interest in bhakti. So there's re- reasons for this and why it came out at a certain time in the Leela and so forth, and we discussed those. But as it did manifest, his Vaishnavism, his Bhakti, and this is, uh, uh, in the context of the Leela, it brought great uh, satisfaction to the um, um, residents of Nadia, who were all his associates from Krishna Leela, now appearing in this other dimension, another leela, without realizing that's what had taken place, and um, and they're all they are all siddhas, perfected beings, and the leela, the drama in this case, is one of sadhakas. Sadhakas means practitioners, so they're siddhas, and they're in a drama, as if they're practitioners, and they're realizing they're they're in the world, and they're realizing. Um, the ideal of love of God gradually. They're religious people. It's a very uh, samsara is nirvana concept, uh, if you will, in that the setting is very samsaric. They're all friends, extended family members, um, attached to one another, attached to their hometown, to the Ganges that flows there at the Bay of Bengal. A very a very uh, beautiful and um, you can imagine 500 years ago the Ganga Delta flowing into the Bay of Bengal very uh, it's a rich uh, agrarian um, setting hmm? with Bengali tigers and in the forests and, and so forth and uh, simple uh, um, uh, many village people but um, it was uh, at the same time a, a seat and the capital of uh, of learning. A few centuries later, of course, we know that the British made their capital in West Bengal, <laughs> and uh, in in Calcutta, which is like the urban uh, and of uh, uh, area in comparison to Mayapur or Navadweep. Navadweep was is the setting, and it was Dweep means island. Nova means nine, so there were nine islands um, at the Bay of Bengal where the Ganges from way on high at the glacier came all the way across India with so much insight carrying with her is, is the point. At the at the glacier, of course, is where um, um, 
the uh, Vyas, the legendary author of the Vedas and uh, the sacred texts and so forth, had his hermitage at the, uh, and there he wrote in his most mature um, point in his uh, realization, the great uh, Bhagavad Purana, Srimad Bhagavatam, which is, I like to think of as the theological sequel to the Bhagavad Gita. So in in that you find the story of Krishna, the story of the Leela of Krishna played out in some detail with the theological and philosophical implications of it and so forth. It's very rich amongst the sacred texts of the Indias. It's the most rich from a literary point of view by far. And um, um, also theologically, it's uh, much more complex and and rich. So um, it's thought to be understandably this the hub around which the rest of these body of sacred texts of the Hindus orbit and are understood in context. Hmm. The texts speak to different people with different psychologies under the influence of different gunas, tamaguna, sattvaguna, rajaguna, their text for them to bring them in gradually and, and so forth and so on. So there's a quite a comprehensive outreach if you will, that comes through the sacred texts of the Hindus, this form of, of revelation for the pop, the the, the, um, the uh, people in, in, in general. But this Bhagavad is like the culmination, and it's uh, it's uh, and the story is about the, the love life of, of of Radha and Krishna, basically. Um, so this was written, as I say, at the, at the glacier high on the Himalayas. High thinking idea is, is, is the point. And then, uh, right, it, then as the Ganges comes down and connects with Saraswati and it all comes to the bay, the Jalungi there at the bay of Bengal. And, and here, Krishna is appearing, so to speak, through the pen of Vyas on the Himalayas high in in, in in place and high in thought, and then it, he's reappearing at the Bay of Bengal as Radha and Krishna combined in one person, the form of a sadhu, hmm? and they're writing about him there, and all so much was, uh, uh, as the river comes down, so all the thoughts come down and play themselves out, so to speak, and the the far-reaching implications of everything that Vyas wrote in the Bhagavatam are now being brought out in kind of in no uncertain terms. The efficacy of bhakti and the uh, the uh, extraordinary um, divinity of Krishna, like the, like the fountainhead of all forms of of divinity, the heart of divinity. I mean, you can have Buddhas like the head, um, you know, Christ is like the, the sacrificing, uh, you know, he's sacrificing for somebody, obviously. Hmm. Someone once said to me that, uh, or to one of my students, that that uh, that in Jesus we have the real God because he's a sacrificer hmm, and, and selfless. Hmm. And your Krishna is an enjoyer. Hmm. Just the antithesis of what spiritual life is about. And I said, well, if you're going to be a sacrificer, there's got to be somebody that you're giving it to. <laughs> That's Krishna. <laughs> he's the, sake, the taker. Mm-hmm. But he's like the stomach, like I gave the analogy yesterday. If the stomach takes, it should take, because it can do with the food what no other part of the body can do. It can distribute it as a service to all the parts. So you have to have a center 
the, that holds the circumference, right? We're on the circumference, we're held by the center. We need to focus on the center and the whole circumference will be nourished thereby. Hmm. So this is the idea of Krishna. Hmm. He's depicted as an enjoyer, but there's a reason for that. Hmm. He's called Rasaraj, so the, 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 the king of, of um, um, yeah, to, uh, uh, Rasaraj would mean like to taster of love. He just live living only for love and tasting all its nuances. Has no other no other business. Hmm? This is the rural Krishna in Braj, the flute player, peacock bearing crown. Um, his ornaments are from the from the earth and so forth, rather than valuable jewels and and so on. So um, in in the Leela then of Chaitanya, it's a very a samsaric setting, as the Krishna Leela is also. And so we have families, an extended sense of families that you get in an agrarian village culture where everybody knows everybody. And uh, like we have an ashram in uh, in Costa Rica. We have 150 mountain jungle acres there, and um, we acquired it from particular gentleman it's a long an interesting story I won't go into but um, his son who's about 10 years younger than me was born on the land and he he works on the land um, with us and um, I mean he just knows everybody and everybody knows him and I said you know this guy well, yeah that's my uncle you know that's my cousin cousin second cousin third cousin it's very charming I was very like it was very found it, found it very compelling you know to, to be able to, to live in, in such a space compared to our modern progressive advanced uh, where you don't know the guy across the hall and you don't want to hmm? and maybe say hi on the park when you walk by somebody you know hi <laughs> keep your distance <laughs> uh, we try to be nice but uh, the village setting is very uh, um, if you can see it in action it was a good example it's very uh, very compelling very friendly and if anything happens on the road, if Swami's car breaks, it's a big event, you know. Everybody comes out. I got a wrench. I got a hammer, you know. And talk about it at dinner. Swami's car broke, you know. <laughs> this is a, this is the excitement. These, these kind of things, you know. It's, it's so this is a similar kind of setting, right? In Nadia, in these island nine islands, and uh, everybody everybody knows one another, kind of. Uh, and uh, although it's a it's a rural and simple agrarian setting. It's also, as I said, a place of great learning. Hmm. So the implication is there's much to be learned in such a setting, and and moving away from uh, you know industrialization and the myth, so to speak, of, of 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 progress. Just different ways to eat, you know, and sleep and mate and defend, which you could do more simply. And have more time for more important things is the idea. So, in the midst of this uh, village setting, this uh, uh, Nimai Pandit, he was called Nimai, which is um, he, uh, Chaitanya in his youth was nicknamed, like, because he was born under a neem tree. A neem has these uh, antiseptic uh, characteristics and so forth. And so, they, they, they nicknamed him after the tree. Because they thought, well, you know, that it would be protected from evil spirits, and so, so this is a kind of a beautiful suspicion, you know, or superstitious uh, in the in the village culture. That's uh, it's part of the leela, 
It's part of the Leela. Hmm. These things don't happen in the real life, but the Leela is actually real life. Because if you contemplate the Leela, then it has the power to close down the myth of the world of our mind, hmm. which is really an illusion. Hmm. Uh, and enable us to see and th think, and I should say know, beyond what the mind can do uh, in that regard. So, uh, so, so Nimai was his name, and then and because he was so learned, he was called a pandit at you know, 12, 15 years old, and big, learned, bearded pandits would come to the town for debates and and the young young lad would defeat them and so forth. And it was quite um, a, a scene and 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 so the uh, residents were very proud of him. But at the same time, he wasn't showing uh, bhakti. His parents were were devotees, so he was born in like a bhakti family. But he was only nominally a bhakta, so to speak. Hmm like the Guru Coolies I mentioned the other day. He was like them. So you ask who are Guru Coolies, kids that grew up in families of devotees, went to the Guru Kool and know all about it, but eh, we'll get to it later or something like that. He was kind of like that. And so those who were his associates, who were Vaishnavas, who were Bhaktas, they lamented that this boy is so smart, but he's not a devotee, so it's all useless. All his knowledge is, 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 is meaningless and so forth. So, so at a certain point then, the Leela changes and he takes initiation, which underscores and emphasizes the point that Krishna Bhakti hmm, is, works in, in conjunction with Guru Bhakti. Adogu Vashraya, in his dissertation on Bhakti, Rupa Goswami discusses the various limbs of the body of bhakti, different practices that, that are bhakti in and of themselves that will cause bhakti to grow, because only bhakti can give bhakti. Hmm? Right? Nothing else can give bhakti. If it wasn't, it would be superior to bhakti. Bhakti can give bhakti only, and bhakti can give Krishna. So bhakti is more powerful than Krishna. Radha is more powerful than Krishna. Mm -hmm. This is the idea. Mm -hmm. and so, um, in his explanation of these different limbs of the body of bhakti, different practices, he begins with Adogu Vashraya, taking shelter of the guru, the teacher, and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, and so we find this in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. As he starts to manifest as a devotee, hmm, he first he, he takes shelter of the guru, he gets initiation, and then a wonderful thing happens to him, and all these transformations of ecstasy start to begin, and, and so forth. And uh, and so, of course, this is very um, uh, in, endearing to all of the other devotees, and now they've got in their midst uh, this uh, Nimai Pandit, and all of Nadia is very, it's like in seventh heaven, so to speak. But, uh, but this will only last for a couple of years. So he took initiation at the age of 22 from Ishwar Puri. And um, he began his Nam Kirtan, taking it to the streets. Kirtan and disseminating and so forth, and creating a new social kind of uh, 
uh, norm and um, ritual that transcended the ritualistic divisions that were created by the caste system. So the caste system, you have divisions of, of persons and they have rituals that pertain to their class and not to another class and this class doesn't get together with that class on every occasion and so on and so forth, right? So he, um, his, his kirtan became, Nam kirtan became the overriding ritual that brought everybody together, for, let's get together and do kirtan and everybody comes. So um, his his uh, kirtan is is of course theologically it's it's we is referred to in the Bhagavad as the puro dharma. So dharma means this social religious system, but this is para para dharma, a, a transcendent dharma. So beyond religious orientation, a mystical orientation, hmm? because religion uh, can also cause division. Hmm? Um, and so all the divisions arising out of religion were transcended, so to speak, by this new um, form of um, um, reason to get together, so to speak, to do kirtan. Hmm. Uh, it's not that he invented kirtan, of course. It's, it's mentioned throughout the text and so forth. But the form of it in which he presented it, which is similar to what we, we do with this clay drum and so, simple instruments, um, was uh, instituted by him, and in this way, they widely circulated throughout the, uh, the the village, the islands, and so forth, and happily performed kirtan, worshipped Krishna, and uh, so they were. Um, at the same time, they were um, religious and happy hmm, in that, and pursuing the highest ideal, and they knew also philosophically, that bhakti is is very powerful. So unlike yoga, which, for example, um, requires brahmacharya, according to the sutras, of Patanjali, um, celibacy, um, or jnan, the contemplative life. Contemplatives are typically not married with kids, because it's pretty hard to be a contemplative. <laughs> With wife and husband and kids and all of that, the busyness that that, that involves and so forth. Hmm? But the bhakti tradition is the idea is, and we were speaking about it the other day, it's power being deriving from the nirguna, from transcendence, hmm? coming from there, being that heat and light of the fire, so to speak, that extends itself within the three gunas, within the material time and space continuum to take us out. It has that power. So because of its power, then um, it uh, it doesn't require the overt uh, adoption of renunciation or like uh, sannyas in the yoga marg or excuse me, in the gyan marg, for example, of Advaita in Shankar's tradition, one has to take san, become, become, take sannyas at some point. And that means to leave the family and go to the forest and live in the Himalayas in a cave and and just just meditate hmm. um, so uh, uh, and and desire mumukshatva for mukti to get away from it all so to speak 
but um, bhakti is a different approach, and arguably it's 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 a more powerful approach to erasing the ego because the ego is a self-centered, false kind of enjoyer that wants to look at everything from its own how it will serve it. We consciously or unconsciously look at the world as if how it will how it will serve us, right? So this is kind of an enjoy, enjoying ego, a taking ego. So if we stop taking, that's the beginning for unraveling this uh, self-centered ego, right? So knowledge means to stop taking, as I said earlier. Karma is, is, is the taking. Knowledge means stop taking because I'm not really getting anything when I take. I'm actually losing. I'm actually going into debt further. Hmm? It looked like I got something, but actually I, I didn't. As much as I move, it's like quicksand. I move, but I go down only. Hmm? Only going down. I'm taking, so I owe. So off to work I go, something like that. So the karmic debt we're, we're incurring, it's like trying to go up the down escalator, something like that. You're spinning your wheels only. Hmm. Um, so, to deconstruct or dismantle this ego, then, because it's based on taking, well, one approach would be to stop taking. Hmm. And so, go live in a cave, <laughs> for example. Breathe once a month. You know, you can get it down after time. You know, you don't need as much breath as you think. And Slow down the heartbeat, be peaceful, and but that's easier said than done, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, um, bhakti, by contrast, is 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 not a path of knowing, but loving, in which knowing is included, because when you love, you know what to do automatically. So. In the Gita, Krishna says, in the ninth chapter, which is right in the center of the book, where you put the secret, because it's 18 chapters, he says, Raja Vidya, Raja Guhyam. I'm going to tell you now about the king of knowledge, and it's the king of secrets, because the king of knowledge, the highest knowledge, is love, is to love. That's what, to, to, to know really, it means to love. Oh, really? Uh, so, he goes on in some detail there, right? So, bhakti, how does bhakti approach the de- dis- dismantling of this enjoying ego? Well, it turns it into a servant. <laughs> That's pretty comprehensive. In other words, if you try to stop taking, okay, I'll hold back, and I'll not take. That's pretty difficult. But, Neither is it, I would say it's less complete, but it's not as comprehensive an approach as, okay, you want to give up taking? Start serving. It's like, whoa, okay. I'll stop taking, but I don't know if I want to serve. I don't know if I just take that much out of my ego. Hmm? Right? So it's a complete uh, reversal, absolute reversal. And so the implication is what? That there's a world, and we know there is, based on this enjoying ego, a world of our perception and experience hmm, arising out of our egoic 
self-centered sensibilities. If we stop taking, we'll close down the world, like Buddha wanted to do. Nirvan. Hmm? And we should ask the Dalai Lama, is there any compassion in Nirvana? Because he advocates it, as it should be. But once you get there, there's no compassion in, nir in Nirvana. Hmm? So do you want to go there? Do you just want to shut down the world and stop suffering? Hmm? By not taking, then you can you can you can kind of shut down the world because the world is generated from this taking self-centered ego. It's a whole perspective, an experience as the world is, right? <laughs> so you want to shut it down. That's one thing. But if you turn that enjoying ego into a serving ego, what's the implication? Not only do you shut down the world, but you transform the world. Because as much as serving, as much as taking is active, serving is active also. So there needs to be a course, there's a, an environment that corresponds with the taking. If you stop taking, you close down the environment. But if you start serving, there needs to be another environment to serve in. So that's why we, we say from material existence, samsar, you can come to nirvan, close down the world, Brahma nirvan, mentioned in the Gita also, and then come out on the other side, and there's Leela, and there's a world there. It looks similar, but it's very different. It's a different engine that's driving it. The forms, as I said last night, are made out of consciousness rather than matter. Hmm. Hard to grasp, but we're trying to speak about it philosophically that we can kind of get get the idea, right? Hmm. So, a um, little bit of an aside there. So, in a, so in in anyway in 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 Navadvip, then uh, Chaitanya he, he 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 it's a very samsaric kind of. Uh, um, setting, everyone is happy and religious, and they know this is the point. They know the power of bhakti. Hmm? That if you want to uh, deal with the problem of the ego, being a taker, you turn it into a servitor by putting before it a very attractive object to serve and love. That is Krishna. Amongst the Hindu divinities, then Krishna is the loving. The God of, you know, he's the, he's the heart of the whole affair. Hmm. So they see, therefore, no need for sannyas. No need for, you know, vane thako, sada hari bole thako. Bhaktivinoda sings, whether you're a sannyasin in a forest, or you he had ten children, hmm? and he was a sadhu. That's a pretty good accomplishment. Hmm? Um uh, yeah, this was in the, at the turn of the uh, what the uh, 20th century hmm? in, uh, in 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 Bengal, Calcutta, where the British were. He had a position as a magistrate in the British for, for the British uh, government, and he wrote hundreds and hundreds of books about bhakti and um, led a very extraordinary life as a sadhu. At the same time, the point being, whether you live in the forest, bane um, thako, grihe thako. 
whether you or you live it in a, in a house griha implication being whether you're a family person or a, or a renunciate overtly sadahari if you do kirtan you can accomplish the 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 goal, the goal can be accomplished in in either way and the householder ways well you could say it's it's easier because to take sannyas and is 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 a very um it's, it's, I mean, it's difficult. You have to forego family relations. You have to live simply. Um, uh, uh, travel by on, would be, you know, typically at the time by foot. There's no sannyasi couldn't take any conveyance and, and barefoot, and uh, um, so this is a you know freak of nature, so to speak. Uh, the sannyasi it sticks out. He 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 wears, uh, or uh, it could be a she too, but wears this this color typically. Which, as you can see, sticks out. I'm the freak of nature here, hmm. right? And and so, so uh, it's odd. Hmm. Of course, it's supposed to be a person of of of, of, of spiritual experience. It's got a kind of a uniform that you can know you know to approach, right? And and again, get some uh, advice, ask questions, so forth, get some counsel, some blessing. This may be the case. So, so. I'm just setting the scene here. They 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 were all very happy. Nimai Pandit was was amongst them as a devotee, Chaitanya, and they were happy worshiping Krishna. And um, um, in in those days, they married young. I think I brought that point up and settled the relationship issue real early on, which is a good thing to do. Get that fixed up. It won't bother you for the rest of your life. <laughs> and then you can you know, focus on you know that vertical important growth right so um uh, everything was fine right it's all good but the destiny of the chaitanya avatar was that he would take sannyas so you don't have to so to speak of course in the words the implication is that renunciation will come Within you, naturally and automatically, and you see the extensions of yourself from a certain his family and friends as a certain from a certain perspective. It's all connected with your the vertical growth that you're involved in, and we talked about that the other day. Um, and this is the power of bhakti. In other words, if you can be a householder and pursue enlightenment without the necessity of, of for example, um, celibacy, then the, the path that you're on must be more powerful than one that requires that you be celibate in order to take up the path. The path must be weaker because it requires more on your side in terms of qualification to even take it up. If bhakti, as she does, requires no qualification, then her power must be extraordinary. And such is the power of love. Right? What's more powerful than love? Nothing. You got it. Right. <laughs> that we know. <laughs> That's our common intuitive universal sensibility. So the power of bhakti. So they're all happily in the lila. They're all very happy. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is amongst them, and he's leading these kirtans that are extraordinary and ecstatic, and and so forth. But there's this hint, because this is his destiny. It's stated in the in, in Mahabharat, written long before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ever appeared in the world. It said what? As we sing in the morning, 
Grihijana Shikshaka Nyasikula Nayaka. This verse from Mahabharata speaks of a form of Vishnu, Krishna, a form of Krishna that has two sides. There, there are like eight names in this verse. Four of them pertain to describe a householder, and four of them describe a sannyasi. Grihijana Shikshaka Nyasikula Nayaka. So, who is that avatar then? So, obviously, the answer is Chaitanya because he had a perfect householder life instead of perfect. Grihijana Shikshaka means Shikshaka means he taught by example perfectly how to be a family person and be a, a saintly person at the same time, and especially centered as his practice was on Kirtan was his was his, his method and so forth. So, and as we'll see as we continue the narrative, he becomes a sannyasi. For and there's a reason for this. We'll see. He becomes a sannyasi, and so the names in the Mahabharata also describe the same avatar. Will be both as a predictive, that kind of, as these scriptures have that uh, capacity to be predictive of of the future events or eternal events. Let's say that reoccur within our time. The avatars come and go and come and go. So it speaks about Chaitanya. Hmm? Who bo- has both sides? Hmm? Similarly, it's mentioned in the Bhagavad itself. Deyam sara paribhaktam abhishtadoham tirtaspadam shibhimrinchi nutam sharanyam pracartiham panatapala prabhavdipotam bande mahapurushate charanara vindam. So, this is a verse in the 11th book of the Bhagavatam. It's 12 books, 12 cantos, describing the avatars for the different yugas. It comes to Kali Yuga, our time. And this is also predictive, so it was written thousands of years ago. It's, it, it describes um, a person who perfectly fits the description of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and also the fact that he would be, take this, this uh, avatar for the yuga who, 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 who teaches by example the, the Dharma that's most conducive or the practice is most conducive for the for the for the for the Yuga Bhakti and and, and that's centered largely on Kirtan. Hmm. So the, the verses uh, 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 there's three of them. I've cited one of them that describe him. And this one describes him with regard to that he will take sannyas. Hmm. No uh Actually, this is the next verse. What is it? No, Chaktvasudus Chatusurapes at the Raja Lakshmi. Dharmishta Arya Vachasa Yaragadanyam. Mayam Rigam Daita Ipsitamandavadhavad Vande Mahapurushate Charanada Vindam. Chaktvasudus Chatusurapes at the Raja Lakshmi. The Raja Lakshmi. Lakshmi is the consort of Narayan of Krishna. Radha is another name for Lakshmi. So he was. His consort in the Leela is Vishnupriya, in this case at this point, Vishnupriya. And Vishnupriya is is a form of, kind of a, a form of Radha, so it's a form of a, a Shakti of, of, of Bhagavan. She's actually uh, thought of in Gaur Leela as Bhakti Devi, as Radha is thought of in Krishna Leela, the goddess of, of Bhakti. 
in the Lilo Chaitanya. Hmm? So, you, you know, it's like the verse describes this person couldn't have a better life. His wife was Lakshmi, you know, the goddess of fortune. Everybody loved him. He was the darling of the whole town. He was learned, but he put knowledge in its place and understood it and had a heart as uh, as big and bright as, 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 as the sun um, and was sharing it everywhere. So everybody's perfectly happy, but he gave up. Hmm? He gave up. It means he took he, he took renunciation and it first further describes what he would do. Implication is basically mayam rigam daita but The point is this. He was with his eternal associates in the Leela. The Leela comes here for for one of the purposes of which is to showcase it in this world that people could catch a glimpse and and pursue it, pursue that idea, to enter that transcendence, right? So the reason that he took sannyas is is for us. We're not in the Leela, we're just out here. And this is a very high idea, and, it, and he comes to make it available to us. So to be, to, to take and teach um, comprehensively about this, he adopted this sannyas order. So he left his own group, so to speak, that that they were so in a much in the bond of transcendental love for one another. It's inconceivable that they came up out of that for us. So so that and they and gradually with with their permission. So our pranams go to all these associates of Chaitanya. They, they allowed him to do this that that this that he could take sannyas and then it would be written about him his teaching that he taught as a sannyasi all the philosophy and theology which again makes this all accessible to us so the story is the, the the narrative is moving this I've gotten a little ahead to give you some idea but the point is that they were all in seventh heaven and now there's this rumor the rumors of that Chaitanya would leave began earlier on because he had an older brother, Vishwarup, and Vishwarup used to go to Advaita's house, who was a was an elderly um, a bhakta, would hold kirtan and teach the, the Gita at his house and so forth. It was kind of like a center for for learning, for coming for sessions like this, something like that. So Vishwarup was young, and he would go there, and he got it. The, the far-reaching implications of it. so he he thought I should renounce, and he left left the world at a very young age, which was like shocking to his parents. And to Nimai Pandit Chaitanya also was very shocking, but it made a, made an impression on him. Hmm? And Vishwarup came to him then in a dream and said, come and join me. You should take, you should, this is your destiny. So he, it, so this, he knew this was his destiny from such hints. Hmm? His father was uh, giving him, uh, facilitating and encouraging his education, but at some point he thought, if I keep educating him, then maybe he'll leave and take sannyas. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so he tried to stop. Stop. At one point, he stopped his education, which Nimai revolted, and and it went on. And so, but these are some hints. Earlier on, that, that, that this, 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 this is a possibility. 
Hmm. Just dis dismiss it, you know, put it out of your mind that he would leave us and become a sannyasi. This, this is the feeling of his parents, for example. And then gradually, uh, again, he took initiation, he became a devotee, uh, and as and he was also teaching hmm, um, Sanskrit grammar and so forth as an occupation as a householder, right? And so at one point in his teaching, um, he was actually, he had become maddened now by Krishna Bhakti, so he explained every word in Sanskrit to mean Krishna. It's a way that you can do that. Every word indicates Krishna. And it wasn't a standard kind of teaching, so it was pretty be bewildering to the Sanskrit students. Um, but such was his, his, his learning, right? And, and one day he was um, in his house and absorbed in his bhajan, in his, in his ecstasy, and he entered into the, into the, into the mood of Radha hmm? and the milkmaidens of, of Krishna Leela. And in that point, in that drama that he was living in meditatively, internally, hmm? Radha was upset with Krishna. Hmm? And, and her uh, assistants were, were not allowing him to come into the into her vicinity, so this is Leela works like this sometimes, very charming, and uh, and so um, they were upset with Krishna, hmm? and so meanwhile one Brahmin student came to uh, visit Chaitanya, and in his ecstasy he was chanting, Gopi Gopi, hmm? which means he was praising the the maidens hand milk maidens for their unwillingness to allow krishna in their midst he was he was he was in that entered into that space that mood that bhava so to speak hmm. and um and so the the student came and said well you know he saw him like this and he said hey nimai you shouldn't be doing that you shouldn't chant gopi gopi you should chant krishna krishna uh, because if you chant Krishna, then you'll get piety and you'll become, uh, you get all the material things that you could possibly want. Hmm. Um, and uh, that's the fruit of chanting Krishna's name. What's this gopi, this, where's this come from? This is crazy. But Nimai was so absorbed in the mood and, and he was criticizing Krishna. He was criticizing Krishna like a gopi, like get this guy out of here. What look what he did as, as Ram? He cut off the nose of Suparnika, you know, in the Ram Ramayana, or he had, I guess Lakshman did it, but he told him to do it or something like that. He did this, he did that, all these things, and he, and, and so this this Brahman says, "You're speaking in a very derogatory way about Krishna. How can this be?" Um, and then you're chanting Gopi, but what is there? So, but he was absorbed in that mood, and so he thought, oh, you're on Krishna's side. So he chased after him, and the Brahmin ran away. This Nimai's gone absolutely crazy. So this is something that is interesting to think about because uh, sometimes great persons absorbed in bhava will do things externally that don't make a lot of sense externally, but you got to trace out what is the cause of that, why they're doing that it's to their bhava. Hmm? So they may act unconventionally, mm -hmm. and 
in, 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 in ways that seem to be contradictory to what you would think a sadhu should be doing. But if, if they can trace it out, he has, she has Baal, that's driving, then they may say things that aren't politically correct or whatever. Um, so this was the case, right? Mm-hmm. Now, um, at that time, then, the, the boy went to other boys and said, this Nehemiah's gone crazy, you know, we, we should make a revolt against him, and and so forth. So at this point, Nehemiah started to hatch a strategy, thinking, as omniscience came to possess him, I've come here for a purpose, to deliver the people through bhakti and kirtan, and you know they're not they're not all taking me seriously so what, what can i do how can i i, I want to come up with a strategy hmm? and so the strategy was i'll take sannyas because a sannyasi would be respected automatically rather than just another householder and this one's crazy over here you know and so he, he dressed like a sadhu and so forth and and people would automatically have a would create a teachable moment hmm? Just by the accepting the renounced order, and you need a teachable moment if you're going to teach somebody, right? So, so this was his strategy. But the strategy is also uh, the sannyas of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was external in this sense. It's a strategy, and as I said, from the bhakti point of view, you don't need to take sannyas to be successful in bhakti. But to teach bhakti, it may be useful that someone would stand out and uh, and uh, and embrace some practices that people think they must be spiritual. The guy's, you know, does this and does that and doesn't act like ordinary people in every respect. Um, you could be very ordinary and still be a sadhu in bhakti because whatever you do has a different motivation to it than the exploitive egoic motivation, right? So anyway, we we talked about that. So he thought of it as a strategy. So in that sense, it's very external. And sannyasa, as I said, it's not required for bhakti. Hmm? But there's also an internal side to his sannyas. Um, he's coming to, he's Krishna coming to try to taste the bhava of Radha, which is rom- a romantic bhava, transcendental romanticism, transcendental eroticism, if you will, and um, and compatible with that bhava or rasa is is the dharmavira rasa. Dharmavira means uh, the vira means heroism. Like uh, a dharmavira is a type of hero who like stands up for the for dharma and uh, exemplifies it. It's, it's kind of kind of masculine um, connotation to it. A hero who is um, representing the Dharma and, uh, and 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 sharing it and teaching it and so forth. So this this rasa, this bhava, is compatible with Madhurya rasa, and we find some of that. This is now talking internally reasons for his sannyas. So dharma vira to taste dharma vira rasa, hmm? which is compatible with Madhurya rasa that he's seeking to taste the romantic rasa, hmm? right? So. Sometimes that dharma beer can augment the madhurya rasa, push it to the background, and he can taste dharma beer rasa. But there's another reason also that goes even even in deeper, 
in terms of an internal realness to the sannyas rather than just being external and a strategy for dissemination. Hmm? Internal to bhakti. We find, for example, in the writings of Chandidas, who, who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took uh, shelter of those poems in the, in the end of his life, among other authors, hmm? who came prior to him, but talked about the bhava of Radha and so forth in their, in their poetry. Hmm? He would listen to those and it would pacify his own and augment his bhavas and so forth. Hmm? And uh, so we find in Chandidas' writing, Radha, after Krishna leaves Vrindavan to go to Mathura, hmm? leaves the rural setting, goes to the metropolitan area, and it's another Leela and so forth, that the residents of Vrindavan, the village, they're all at a great loss. Hmm? Because Krishna has left, and, and the loss is seen no greater in anyone than, than Radha. So at one point in Chandidasa's writing, she says, I'll become a sannyasi, a yogini. I'll put an earring, one ear, I just, I'll become a, I used to do that, I'll become a sannyasi. And I'll wander from village to village, town to town, looking for Krishna everywhere. Hmm? You see, and this is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did. So it's very much with the bhava of Radha, looking for Krishna. Hmm? This is the internal, internal side of the sannyas. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm? because he wants to enter the mood of Radha, and Radha is looking for Krishna, especially when there's separation. So the Leela moves like a river. There's two banks, union and separation. So sometimes in the context of the Leela, there's meeting with Krishna, and sometimes by circumstances in the Leela, there's separation. Krishna goes behind a tree, and you can't see him for a moment, and then it makes the heart grow fonder. So the, uh, 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 he, he, so he's, he's, he leaves his village home, he goes cowherding with his friends. So those in the parental rasa, who have parental affection for him, they're experiencing separation. Hmm? Everything, all the creatures in the forest are experiencing union. Hmm? Then he comes back and then they experience separation. So the, the Leela moves back and forth like, and one complements the other. Separation makes the union that much more blissful when it occurs, right? Hmm. Uh, it said, in union there's one Krishna, in separation there's millions of Krishnas. Everywhere he's looking, seeing Krishna, everywhere. Is, where is Krishna? Is he there? Is that? <laughs> so it's a way, <laughs> as you can understand, if you have a particular bhava, you're going to see the world from that point of view. If you're bhava, I hate to use the word, but is is a, is a pornographic orientation to life, then everywhere you're going to see sex and all your jokes are going to be about sex and so forth, something like that. So so from this is really the antithesis of what Radha is about, obviously, but uh, just to give an example. So in the bhav, the beginning, beginning of the of the tasting of the Radha bhav in in this in Navadweep, in Gore, is is central to in intrinsic, internal to his reason for taking sannyas, which he doesn't talk about, but he, he talks only about the external reason. So the first person he goes to is his, his kind of the Ram of Krishna Lila, Nityananda, like his, his brother, and says, this is what I'm thinking. In order to be successful in terms of disseminating 
the teaching, I should take sannyas. And Nityananda Prabhu says, "How can? What will your mother say?" Blah. So we're back to this samsaric, you know, kind of study. How will your mother live? Your father has passed away, as we talked about the other day. The son is younger, older, so the brother has gone and taken sannyas. Who will take care of your mother? What about your? What about Vishnu Priya, your beautiful wife, the Raj Lakshmi? Hmm? But 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 at this point, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has no ear for any of this. Um, this this reasoning, hmm? because he, he's moving in our direction. Hmm? He tells Nityananda Prabhu, Nityananda says, you can do what you like, but uh, I just bring up these points. There could be, you know, what about your mother? Hmm? So he, and so he says, tell tell my mother, tell Gadadhar, tell Brahmananda Bharati, tell Mukunda, tell Chandrasekhar, these five people. Hmm? I will leave. Hmm? There are other some instances too. Prior to this, I should say, when that, when when doing kirtan in the house of Srivas and his son died, hmm, during the kirtan, the son was in the other room, and Mahaprabhu stopped the kirtan and said, "Something happened. I'm not getting a lot of taste from the kirtan." And somebody said, "Oh, the son just died in the other room." He said, "Bring him in here," and he brought him back to life. Hmm. And then the, the son began to speak philosophy and so forth. And uh, the, the, how the, how Shivas uh, endeared himself to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at this time, he said, "Yeah, I knew he died, but I didn't want to disturb your kirtan." Hmm? And Mahaprabhu said, "That's how you feel about me. You people are extraordinary. How much you you you, you love me." Hmm? He said, "How?" He said, "How can I leave you?" At that point, he said, "How can I leave you?" And what is he talking about? Hmm? It's a foreshadowing. He knew, I'm going to leave. That's you now you're all being plunged into separation, isn't it? Isn't it? The feeling, oh goodness, he's going to leave in a short period of time because he took, some, took initiation at 22 and then he took sannyas at 24. Such a young person to take such a vow. Typically people take it at 50 when they've already had family and worked all that stuff out, got through all those issues and exhausted them and learned by example rather than just by teaching how troublesome all, uh, life can be and so forth, uh, material life. But at 24, he, he was, he worked, he, now, so now he's 24. And and the news is rippling through, Nadia Nimai Pandit will take sannyas. How can it be? Gadadhar says, the wisest of them all, says, what do you need to take sannyas for? You don't need to take a sannyasi be a devotee, as I explained earlier, that's not required. This is the power of bhakti. So he gives it in this kind of counsel. We already ex- explained that philosophical point of view. Hmm? But Mahabharu has, has, has no ear for it because he has a, a further extended purpose, which is with us in mind. Hmm? This is the tension now between us and his associates. And ultimately, of course, they they acquiesce and 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 give uh, their blessings. So in the night, hmm, the night before, he tells the five, "Tonight I will I will leave. I will depart. I will go to Katwa, and I will take sannyas from Keshava Bharati." There's a big older sannyasi in the vicinity, hmm. and they were they, they said, "Well, you can't go alone." <laughs> So they're trying to hang on, you know. So the, those five were allowed to, to accompany him. 
Hmm. Not, his, not his mother. Hmm. So it was four, right? And then in the, in, and in the night he woke up and his mother was standing by the door like a statue, knowing that he would, he would leave. Hmm. His wife, Vishnu Priya, he told, uh, you have to understand, in this Leela, you and I have come, and the main focus of this Leela is to distribute bhakti to the people of Kali Yuga. Hmm. And gave her a vision of their le- other Leelas and so forth. And, and uh, so she acquiesced. Vishnu Priya was the one who was most affected by the sannyasa of Chaitanya, even more than his mother, Sachi. Hmm. As we'll hear, um, and she lived. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu lived for 48 years amongst us, and she lived for 96 years, 96 years. Sorry. And he left at 24. Hmm. She became a widow at 24, and lived in. Uh, well, she was 16. Yeah, I think he was 24 or something like that. And then she lived in 96. And after he took sannyas, the way she lived was, she would chant, Krishna Nam, hmm, the name of Krishna on beads, 108 beads, a mala. When she would finish one time around, she would take a grain of rice from a bag and put it over here. And then she would chant another round, take another grain. another. And then when she couldn't chant anymore, whatever grains were here, that's what she would cook and eat. Hmm. That's how she lived her life, remembering Chaitanya only. So you don't need to be a sannyasi to be renounced. <laughs> she was an incredible example. And then after he passed from the world, she lived on to 96. There's a famous story about her and a famous deity uh, of of Chaitanya that they they wanted to make a, a replica of Chaitanya in deity form, icon to be representative of him and worship through ritual. Hmm? And so they've made the, the out of neem wood. They made it out of neem wood. He has that role of. He was named Nimai, remember, the antiseptic uh, tree. And so, so they made a statue out of neem wood. It was carved. Hmm. And they brought the statue before her. One time, she didn't say anything. So they thought it must not be complete. They, 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 re, they did it a little more, to, and then they brought it a second time. She didn't say anything. Third time, they brought after further carving and embellishing and so forth, the deity before and then she, with her sorry, she covered her head like this, which meant he's present. She's feeling shy. He's actually present in the, in the, that form was then established on the altar. It's still worshipped today in, uh, in, in Navadvip. Hmm. So he passed Sachi and she's tried to go with him. She said, I'll become a yogini myself. He said, no, you must stay here. And he went, right? And accompanied by a few associates, they went to Katwa. And there they met Keshava Bharati, who was stunned to see the famous young Nimai Pandit at this age. What are you doing here? He said, I've come to take sannyas from you. And he said, that is not possible. <laughs> that is not possible. All of your friends will come in my ashram and cause havoc. <laughs> <laughs> what will become of me then? Uh, I'll be the enemy of everybody, you know. You might you, you're thinking it's a blessing that I'll t- be a guru for sannyas, but it's it's just a terrible idea. <laughs> and I'm old now. Something like this. He, he, uh, 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 but but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu 
uh, insisted and and charmed him and and um, and revealed to him who he was. And he thought, what is my position? I'm giving sannyas to God, you know, to an avatar. I mean, how is this happening? I guess it'll all work out, you know. <laughs> Uh, and so then, then the the mantra for sannyas that was was given it in by the sect that Keshava Bharati was uh, affiliated with is uh, the Mahabhak, one of the Mahabhakyas from the Upanishads, Tattvam Asi, Tattvam Asi, hmm. and it has a certain meaning uh, for the Advaitins. It means you are that, and that means Brahman. You are Brahman, hmm. but. This wasn't Chaitanya's idea, and so that interpretation of the mantra um, was 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 not his understanding of it. So he told Keshava Bharti that I had a dream last night. In the dream, somebody Sadhu came and explained the mantra to me, and I think I want to know if this is the one that you're going to give me. And so he said, "What is it?" So then Chaitanya whispered the mantra into his ear. And initiated him with the conception of the mantra that he was carrying, and then Keshavarti saw things differently from that bhakti perspective. Hmm, suddenly, and the interpretation of the mantra is—it's really a more correct interpretation. Madhva has given a whole lengthy explanation of Tattvamasi, hmm, um, where he explains it as a Tattprusha samas. So it's a compound Tattprusha compound where you take um, where, well, to make a long story short, the meaning was that you belong to him. Hmm? You are his. Hmm? You are of him. You are of of that, and that is a him. The God has has had has has personality. Has has uh, has um, it, it's determinative rather than indeterminate qualities that are transcendental and so forth. Hmm? Jiva Goswami, in our tradition. Explained that tattva masi, the, the the spirit of this is that in an inter, in in a, in a kind of a um, it's an introductory kind of understanding of the nature of transcendence that you, while you think you're something else, the mind body complex, are actually of the quality of 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 that which is Brahman, which is consciousness. You're of that quality. The idea being like, let's say you live in a cave, and I think he gives this example, it's kind of a platonic example. You live in a cave, two guys, and you've never seen the sun. So you don't know what the sun is. And then one guy go, gets out of the cave somehow, and he sees the sun. Now how is he going to come back in a cave and tell that other cave dweller what the sun is like? I mean, it's not just a light. It's vegetation. <laughs> it's It's rain. It's it's everything. I mean, the sun is like you know play out the implications of what it is, what it does to your mind. Oh, it's a nice day out. I feel happy, and so forth. And how is he going to explain this? The guy has never ever seen the sun. He's living in the cave. What? Where do you start? So he comes back and says, "I've seen the sun." Mm-hmm. So how dark is it? <laughs> he only knows darkness, right? It's not dark at all. It's the opposite. What's the opposite of darkness? There only is darkness. That's all there is. So he can't motivate him to get outside because he thinks you're crazy. You know, there's only darkness. You're talking about. Something. I don't even understand what you're talking about. I have no place 
in my mind even for it, you know, no point of reference. So he he makes a crack in the cave and a ray of the sun comes in, which is fascinating to the other cave dwellers. He says, this is the sun, this is the sun. And then he says, wow, that, you know, that's, yeah. You, but that's only a ray to give acquaintance with it. So you are like Brahman, you're of the same, you're of the consciousness nature. You're not biological or psychological. You're, you're, you're of the consciousness nature. But there's more to be said about Brahman than that, as there is more to be said about the sun than can be said about the ray of the sun. So we're like a ray of the sun, and then there's the sun. If you have a ray of the sun in the room, it's okay, but if we have the sun in here, it could, it could get a little hot. <laughs> right? So, Jiva Goswami says, the, this kind of, these kind of sounds from the Upanishads, they're giving an introductory idea to people in the darkness about the possibilities in the realm of consciousness proper. Hmm? And just an introductory idea. You're of the nature of Brahman. Oh, really? That's fascinating. It's luminous. Let's go there. And then bhakti, of course, if you go by that method, then you see all the possibilities. Hmm? Right? What is the sun? And what can you say? There's so much to be said. So he whispered in his ear, with this um, understanding, bhakti understanding of tattvamasi, hmm? Jiva Goswami says elsewhere that what he says, Shrotam api Upanishadam dure harikatamitam. Those sounds of the Upanishads are just introductory. Under themselves, you cannot get the same type of ecstasy than you can get from Krishna, Kirtan, Kampashru Palakati. And he starts describing all the Sattvika Bhavas transformations that will occur from from chanting. And in the whole world, this whole Leela, all the movements there are ecstasy. Jiva Goswami describes it, uh, it what that Shriya Kanta Kanta Parama Purusha Kalpa Tarabo Jumabunis Chintamani Ganamai Toyamamritam Kataganam Natyam Gamanam Apivamsi Priyasaki. Like this. Among other things, it says, Oh, there. Hmm? All the walking is dancing. All the talking is singing. And Jiva Goswami, one of our teachers, he commented, what must be the singing then? And what must be the dancing there? If the walking is dancing, what must be the dancing? If the talking is singing, what must be the singing? What kind of, what possibilities lie there for us, a tiny Atma in the dark now? Hmm? Such a such a such such is the nature of when when Brahman decides to play under the influence of bhakti, hmm? drama, lila. Hmm? So Keshav Bharti had an epiphany <laughs> hearing that that mantra. It depends who you get the mantra from and what their experience of, behind it is, and the, how how uh, what what the the sharing of it will result in. Hmm? important point to consider, right? Um, so, um, it's not just you can get it from a book, it's like, you know, it's like, that's like a blank, firing blanks only, something like that. Hmm. 
So Keshav already he became illumined, and then and then he agreed, and so then there was the hair cutting ceremony, which is they, they shave the shave the head entirely, um, and so he was very beautiful. With the, his hair was a was a feature, right, of his of his. Uh, is, is beauty. So this was a huge issue. And it took all day long to shave its head because the barber who thought, oh God, I'm, I have to do this. People are going to hate me for this. But anyway, okay. So he would shave and then Mahaprabhu would chant and get up and then he had then he's, and, and fall in ecstasy and finally get him back together and shave a little bit and then he would do it again. So it took all day. It was a huge drawn out drama, drawing out the feelings, the, the aesthetics of it all, the, the bhavas, of all the devotees, he's he, he, he's losing his hair. He's attaining a new kind of sadhuness, beauty at the same time, and it's, it's very um, these kind of tensions, different feelings, and so forth, all being played out in the context of the lila. And then it's completed. He takes his bath in the Ganges. He receives the the mantram, and and despite all the protesting, if you will, and and the attachments to him, which are these are spiritual attachments now, instead of material attachments, which give spiritual emotions, right, rather than material emotions that are you know fall flat ultimately. Hmm? Um, so uh, they are absorbed in such bhava, such such rasa, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was officially a sannyasi, and so you know they they're, they're going with it, they're going with us. Hmm? And his destiny to you know to share this with the with this inner world, if you will, which is such a nice realm, uh, with idyllic realm with 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 the world. Hmm? So we get their 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 blessings, so to speak, uh, and we we get to think of Vishnu Priya, his wife in particular. Hmm? And so he goes, then he leaves, wand starts to wander, hmm? and. Um, just, and then we'll just conclude with, with this. Uh, uh, but he, he starts to wander, and Nityananda, the Ram of Krishna Lila, his brother goes goes of course after him, and he's in such uh, internal absorption, oblivious to external conditions, that Nityananda tricks him and tells him he's going to take him here, and he ends up back at Advaita's house, and he's he's brought his mother there and <laughs> and uh, other people. Um, associates and so forth, and and he comes to external consciousness, and he says, "What have I done? You know, I've taken. How could I leave all of you? How's it possible for me to do this?" Hmm? And he says, to "His mother, I'll give it all up if you say," hmm? which would be embarrassing from a religious point of view. <laughs> if you had just taken sannyas, you're going to give it up because your mom said you couldn't do it, or something. <laughs> you know, but but he has a strong, you know feelings of this parental uh, love uh, in, in, in transcendence. So she's, of course, tasked now with something that's difficult. She can't say yes, and that would not be good for him. That would, He would not look good in, in the eyes of the public, and of course his mission wouldn't be accomplished. But at the same time, she, she doesn't want to say no, you know, say, say no. She wants nothing more than for him to come back back home. So she wisely comes to a decision because he was going to go from from West Bengal all the way over to the other eastern side of India where 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 is Brindaban, which is the the place of Krishna's birth. And he was going to live in the forest there. 
So they would never hear anything about him. He was gone, really gone entirely. So she said that instead of going to, to Vrindavan, you can go to Puri, which is a seaside town, famous pilgrimage place. Hmm? That's about, it's about a, nowadays it's about a 10-hour train ride from, from West Bengal. Hmm? And it's a great pilgrimage place because the king there, Pratapudra, he was able to protect the Hindu sensibilities and the worship there from Muslim invasion. Hmm? Um, Muslims were occupying uh, India at the time. Hmm? And so it was a stronghold of bhakti and the temple of Jagannath there, it's the largest temple in East, in East Asia. Hmm? Uh, it has 56 kitchens in it and they cook for the deity 56 offerings, meals a day. It's a very busy place. There's a deity of Jagannath, means the Lord of the universe. It's a form of Krishna. And there's this huge worship. The whole town is all, everybody is employed by the temple for the service of the deity and so forth. So the whole, whole town works like that. So people would, and every year, there's a famous festival called the Rathiyatra where the deity comes out from the altar and gets on a chariot and he's taken, to, paraded through the streets and so forth. Rathiyatra, it's, it's millions and millions of people come every year in India for this. It has deep esoteric significance and meaning that came out through Chaitanya Leela. We won't be able to go there today, but uh, but at any rate, she suggested instead of going to Vrindavan, go to Puri. That's a holy place. You can stay there. And the people are always coming and going from West Bengal to Puri. So we'll get news about you. We'll hear about you. Hmm? And devotees from here can go to the Rathiyatra every year. And you'll be there. And when they go, it's the, it's the, it's the beginning of the rainy season. And so when you get there in the rainy season, then you can't go anywhere. You have to stay wherever you are. Because it's the month, so they have to. So four years out of four months out of every year, your devotees will be able to s stay with you in Puri, in your sannyas dimension of, of, of your leela, participate in that and so forth, and then news will come. And so this is her way of wisdom of kind of going halfway and resolving a very difficult issue. So through her, therefore, he's often referred to Chaitanya as Sachi. You know, her name was Sachi. Nandana means bliss, so the bliss of Sachi. It's an affectionate name for him that we often uh, uh, sing and remembering her. Hmm? And that through her, we got him, so to speak. Hmm? And, uh, and, and through him, the world gets the opportunity for this kind of kirtan and the implications of it. She Sachi Nandan ki jai, Mahaprabhu ki jai. So there's much more to be said. Uh, but we'll continue that in another uh, session. And the beauty of his sannyas, how it was viewed by Sarvabhoma, how it was viewed by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and the poems they wrote about him with his, with, with, with his <clears throat> wrap around, falling on his hip, and, a, and he had a waistband of a rope with knots. That he would, his water pot, the, the sannyas he would carry, would be tied on that, and and then he would take the string off and chant on the beads, on the, on the knots, Krishna's name, and wandering. Every, oh, it's, it's very beautiful poetic descriptions of him um, from the sannyas um, perspective. So, so again, Sriman Mahaprabhu, Kejai. Okay, so we had a nice session. We had four talks and many kirtans for this weekend. And very nice to be with you all.
I'll be here until the 4th of June. We'll have some more talks in the evening. Um, most of you have your household duties and responsibilities. Some of you have come from other parts and so forth. But take Bhakti with you, right? She's willing to go there. Make your house a holy place. She's your Adam Adam Vakitya. Vanchakalpatrubhya-stra-kripa-sindhubhya-evachipatitanam-pabhani-vaishnabhya-bhanam.